Merry Christmas Eve, everyone, and welcome to our virtual Christmas Eve candlelight service. Whether you are joining us live on Facebook or YouTube or via video at another time, we are so glad that you've joined us for worship. We know that this year is different than other years, and we definitely miss having you in our sanctuary and having it be filled, overflowing with people at several different services tonight. But we've still put together a service with love and care, and we pray that you have a powerful experience with us. Since you are joining us from your homes this year, and because our candlelight service is usually about, well, candles, um, we encourage you to use these first moments of worship service to go and gather some candles. The optimum number is five, um, one for hope, love, joy, peace, and then the Christ candle. If you don't have five and you're able to just gather one, get that and grab something that you can light it with. And during the service, you'll see some prompts to light candles along with us. If you're joining us live, please be sure to comment and respond in the chat feature. We'd love to know that you're here. And please know that we're here every Sunday morning at 9.30. So join us for our virtual services through Facebook or YouTube. And visit our website, washparkumc.org, for any other information. Again, we're so glad you're here. Merry Christmas Eve. And let us continue with our worship with singing. On this holiest of nights, we join the shepherds who are stunned by wonder. On this most silent night, our hopes and dreams join those of Mary and Joseph. On this night of carols and candlelight, we come, our glad songs join with the choirs of angels over us. Oh, come. 
Your dream is hope, Holy One, for you are hope. Hope that turns a lowly manger into a mighty throne. Hope that turns lowly shepherds into first witnesses of your good news. Hope that turns selfish ambition into dreams of faithful servanthood. Hope that turns longing for salvation into the blessing of eternal life. We light this candle as a symbol of our Christ, our hope. May the light sent from God shine in the darkness to show us the way of salvation. O come, O come, Emmanuel.
Your light is love, loving God, for you are love. Love that hovered over the primordial waters, calling forth the glory of creation. Love that filled an unwed mother with your spirit, bringing forth a child who would be the world's light and salvation. Love that taught my heart to lay aside hate, anger, and resentment, and that connects me with all others. We light this candle as a symbol of Christ's great love. May the love of God glow in our hearts so that others may know. O come, O come, Emmanuel. pray with me. Creator God, as we inch closer and closer 
to the moment of your birth. May we heed this invitation that you have offered us. This evening we remember that you came to earth as a vulnerable little baby in a humble manger. And you died a beaten and vulnerable man on a humble cross. Between these bookends of humility and vulnerability, you showed us what true and brilliant life looked like. Your life was filled with service, kindness, wisdom, and grace for all. It was a life that shone with the light of our Creator, a light that resides within all of us. Christ of grace and mercy, let us experience this evening a renewal of that light within us. This year we have struggled. We have felt pain and loss. We have mourned. We pray that we feel your spirit within us and around us. And let us be inspired to bring your light into the world for all to experience. In your name we pray. Amen.
Your song is joy, singer of creation, for you are joy, joy that fills the empty with good things, joy that sings light into the darkness, joy that echoes with angelic song, joy that births hope in the midst of despair. Light this candle as a symbol of Christ our joy. May the joy of your promise of your presence, O God, make us rejoice in your redemption. O come, O come, Emmanuel.
Your home is peace, author of Shalom, for you are peace. Peace that is a resting place when I feel lost and forsaken. Peace that brings comfort and mercy when I am weary and heavy laden. Peace that cradles me in abundant love when I find myself out in the cold. Peace that flows in a spring of living water when I am in the wilderness of life. We light this candle as a symbol of Prince and Peace. May the visitation of your Holy Spirit, O God, make us ready for the coming of Jesus, our hope and joy. O come, O come, O Emmanuel. should be registered. This was the first registration and taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. 
Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was a descendant from the house of David. He would to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you God news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone to the heavens, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child laying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told about this child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured all of these words and pondered with them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen and had been told to them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy One, send your spirit upon us, that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. Signs of hope are all around us. And sometimes those signs of hope are quite literal, like big signs that say hope. It's almost as if those signs knew that in 2020 we needed it right in our faces where we wouldn't be able to misunderstand or misinterpret it. And I'm guessing that some of you have seen these hope signs around Denver, maybe downtown or the Rhino District, even at the Botanical Gardens. I live in Littleton, and so as I drive into work, I drive up Broadway, and these are some of the signs of hope that I have seen. Here's a sign of hope that I've seen on the side of a building coming up Broadway. Next. There's a couple of signs of hope on a building that, or a business that may not be doing too well right now, but a sign of hope. This is one of my favorites. Um, this one had been a yellow heart that said hope, but as you saw earlier in some of the pictures in the first picture, these art installations actually aren't meant to last, and so they start to kind of degrade a little bit. 
So I had seen this one degrade. And then a few months ago, I was driving up Broadway, and boom, there was a bright new rainbow heart of hope. I like this because there's also Esperanza as well as hope. This, will, this might be my favorite one because it's little, and you, if you blink, you'll miss it. This is just as you're going out of the drive through of the Starbucks at Bates and Broadway. A little glimpse of hope. This one, um, actually, I have my 17-year-old son to thank for capturing the pictures of all of these signs of hope. And um, we kind of made it a game to see how many signs of hope we could find. And this is the most recent one we found. It's off the beaten path a little bit. If you're going on Louisiana, just go one block west of Broadway and you'll find this sign of hope. At first, I thought it was just an Inglewood thing um, as I was driving up Broadway, and I would see these hearts of hope in Inglewood. And as I said earlier, my son Emery and I kind of made it a game just to see how many glimpses of hope we could find when we were driving from my home to the church. But I finally looked it up and figured out where these hearts of hope are coming from. And I was introduced to, virtually, I mean, to Coco Bayer, the artist who is responsible for these installations throughout our town of love and hope. She started putting these hearts up during the pandemic as a very simple message of hope to others during this difficult time. So thank you, Coco, for bringing Emery and me a little glimpse of hope here and there. Because sometimes all hope is, is a little glimmer, or a little glimpse, or a small reminder that not everything is terrible and we will get through this. I'm wondering where you have seen hope this season. I encourage you to type in the chat of the Facebook or YouTube um, video and just briefly share where you've seen hope this Advent or Christmas. I found another little hint of hope while reading an article a couple of weeks ago. It's named, Why Everything You Know About the Nativity is Probably Wrong, by Sarah Bessie. Now, it is slightly off-putting for a pastor and a preacher to read a headline proclaiming that they're probably wrong about something that is foundational to faith. So, of course, I had to read this article so that I could prove the article why I am right. I didn't know the subject yet, but I was going to read the article and put it straight. The author speaks about our beloved nativity scenes, where Mary and Joseph are banished to a backyard barn of sorts with hay and animals and the iconic visitors of shepherds and wise men. Of course, they're outside, you know, gathered at a respectable distance. Everyone looks glowing and wondrous, and it's a beautiful tableau. 
It was St. Francis of Assisi who several centuries ago was frustrated with how commercial Christmas had been, gifts, 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 and is credited with creating the first nativity scene. It was a reminder of what Christmas is really all about. And it was also a way to share the gospel story with those who couldn't read. Just a little glimpse of hope. And I love a good nativity. I have at least three different versions in my office, all at about kid level. So in pre-pandemic and hopefully post-pandemic days, kids from the preschool will run into my office and play with the characters and we can share the story together. In high school, I remember one of my friend's mothers uh, collected nativities. And every Advent, she would cover every possible surface in the house with a nativity scene. Some were traditional, some were kind of silly. There were many from other countries, but they were all beautiful. So what I'm going to share with you is not at all meant to take away our love of the nativity. In fact, as people of faith, Often we learn something new about our faith story. Instead of negating what came before, it adds depth and meaning to the joy and mystery of the divine. Now, I'd heard um, from scholarly sources for years that it's, it's well known that Jesus wasn't really born in a barn, that instead we would call the stable um, would have been part of a home but the aforementioned article took it just a step further. Sarah Bessie writes that Middle Eastern homes of Jesus' time did not have the stable for the animals separate from the home at all. Instead, the home was usually made of two rooms, one for the family and the animals, and another one at the back or on the roof for the guests. Joseph wasn't turned away from a hotel. He was told that the guest room was already taken. It's not that there was no room at the inn, like a bed and breakfast or a hotel as we understand it. Rather, the word is a place to stay, meaning a guest room as part of an actual home. So the story is actually about hospitality. The home where Mary and Joseph stayed was not a guest room, but an actual family room. They were welcomed into the family's quarters. They weren't even in the guest room, but in the main room of the family's home. It's a completely different scene than the one we've grown accustomed to expect. But something about this new understanding was just a pinprick of light in the dark for me. In a year when most of us have become reacquainted with our home in lots of ways, good and bad, and when home is often the safest place for us, when most of us are home for the holidays, 
To think about Mary and Joseph having traveled so far away from their own home, being taken in with care and hospitality, it's a glimmer. To realize that Mary and Joseph weren't just shoved out to a rickety old shed in the back of the house with some dirty old animals. Instead, that they were welcomed into the family's actual living space. In a time when many of us feel lonely and disconnected, the idea that Mary didn't have to experience her first childbirth alone, scared and hurting and crying and not knowing what to do, but instead was surrounded by other mothers, and that Joseph was being reassured by other parents, that's a glimpse. To think that there were other people around in those first moments after birth to awe and wonder at life with these brand new young parents is a gift, a gift of connection, a gift of community, a gift of hope. And no matter how we lay the scene in Advent and Christmas, the story is the same. The story is hope. Because the gift of Christmas is that God sent God's self to the world to know all that it means to be born and to grow and to love and to learn and to hurt and to grieve and to celebrate. The gift is that we are never alone because Emmanuel, God with us, has come. And that fills my heart with so many things. Love, joy, and peace and hope. In a world where so many wait in darkness, light comes into our hearts through a baby born in a manger. He is Emmanuel, Christ the Lord. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us, Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The, the light shines, and, and the, the darkness, darkness does not last.
To finish our service, I want to say a really big thank you. Thank you to Steve for all of his amazing work on the music. Thank you to Sonia for playing and our beautiful quartet. You brought Christmas home to us today. Thank you. We also want to say thank you to the Dillon family up in the box who are handling the lights. You did a fantastic job. And to Jordan for manning the computer station that keeps all of this streaming to you. And as I mentioned that, thank you. Thank you for joining us, for being with us in spirit. We miss you deeply next year together. Merry Christmas, everyone. Go in peace. <laughs>